Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Welcome to the Bob and Cherry Show. One more ignorant than the other. With Sherry. You insolent little toad. And Bob. I don't think you can charge anybody or put anybody in jail for stupidity. I'm still running free. <laughs> now from the palatial Bob and Cherry Studios, it's Bob and Cherry. Nice to have everybody with us. We appreciate it. Bob and Sherry. Max is here. Doc is here. And we're glad to have you with us also. It's a headline in Rolling Stone magazine, Snubbing the King. Why don't big stars want to perform at Charles's coronation, which is coming up, I guess, in just a few weeks? And I'm just going to read this. Listen to this. In 1997, after attending a royal gala evening, Jerry Hollowell of the Spice Girls kissed Prince Charles on the cheek. According to royal protocol and etiquette, you're only allowed to shake a royal's hand. So the scandalous moment landed on the front pages of newspapers and went down in pop culture history. Now, instead of daring Ginger Spice to kiss Charles for a second time, the Spice Girls are avoiding him altogether. The group is among a number of British pop artists who have turned down the opportunity to play at his coronation in May. Adele, Harry Styles, Robbie Williams... And listen to this, Elton John, who is very close to the royal family and has been for years and years, they reportedly were asked to play and they refused the offer. When uh, Rolling Stone asked their teams for, you know, a reason, they uh, declined. So the public is left wondering, will any major star agree to play for King Charles's III's coronation? Some people are saying that what happened with Meghan Markle and Harry was the last straw. Some people are saying that even British pop singers and performers are saying this, this whole thing with Andrew, with uh, Harry, with Meghan, it's all too much. We, we just don't want to be a part of what is basically a train wreck. And there's one guy, I don't know this, there's a... Uh, English act called Hot Milk. And uh, one of the singers from Hot Milk said, leave it in the past. I liked Liz, referring to, you know, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. I liked Liz, but leave it in the past. It's old, aged, and expensive. It's a whiskey that props up without the strength and merriment. It should have died with the queen. The coronation is a kick in the teeth when this country has never been more of a blank show. Wow. So you wonder, let let me, let me just address Elton John. He, he probably was uh, knighted by Charles. And I know he was knighted by the queen. Was it the queen? Cause Charles did some of the knighting. Charles knighted Mick Jagger. The queen did not like Jagger and Charles knighted Mick Jagger. Um, Look, Paul Paul McCartney was knighted. Paul McCartney was knighted, and I think by Charles. And you wonder, you know, do these do these guys feel that they owe a little something for that honor? Maybe not. 
why? No, I mean, I don't know why you would feel like you you owed something. Adele turned it down, but I think there could be a couple of reasons for that. One, she's got her Vegas residency. Two, she just got engaged to Rich Paul. Three, she's friends with Prince Harry. She, James Corden, Prince Harry. That's a tight little circle. Ed Sheeran turned it down. Why did Ed Sheeran turn it down? Well, not only did he just lose a dear friend to a drug overdose, he just had his second child. And while his wife was pregnant with their second child, she was diagnosed with a tumor and they had to wait till the baby was born before they could operate. So I'm going to go with Ed Sheeran has other things happening in his life right now. Mm-hmm. And playing the coronation, it's not just you show up 20 minutes before you're due to go on. I bet that's a really complicated rehearsal. Commitment. Yeah. And he just doesn't sure it have is. it. He just but doesn't I, have I think it right now. What, what, I'm, what I'm reading here is these artists don't think it's hip to uh, or cool to uh, to be a part of this thing. They they think it's it's very much in the past and do not want, even though, you know, Elton's retiring they don't want to be associated with uh, this ancient family. That is I, a blank show right now. I mean, I don't know. Prince, Char- Prince, I don't know. When Prince Charles was Prince Charles and he did the Prince's Trust concerts, every band wanted to be a part of that. Right. And Elton but John. But that was a different era. Now, the thing that I will tell you about Elton John, you have to remember that he was one of Princess Diana's closest friends. Ooh, that's There's true no love too. lost between Elton John, Charles, and Camilla. You know, okay? you're right. You're right. He so was. that may have that may have less to do with the institution of the monarchy and more to do with loyalty to Diana. Yeah, if you played, he's not he's not singing "Candle in the Wind." I'll tell you that much. I don't know. I I think I think that um, I think that they have made some unbelievable missteps since Queen Elizabeth died. Uh, This business of evicting, I know we have to break here, Max, but this business of evicting Harry and Meghan from their UK home, and and that decision pretty much guarantees that Prince Harry and his children can never come back to England to visit because there's nowhere he can stay that's remotely safe or appropriate. I want to talk about that a little bit too. Yeah. Oh man, it's petty. Especially now that you know that Harry and Meghan knew they were being evicted 24 hours mm-hmm. after Harry's book came out. And yet the story mm-hmm. just broke last week. Let's pause. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. And we're talking about some of the scandals with the royal family. This is from Vanity Fair. Sherry just mentioned, uh, this is the headline, and Sherry was referring to it a moment ago. King Charles reportedly began evicting Meghan and Harry the day after Spare, his book, was released. The day after, let me let me just read from this. For nearly three years, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry have lived in Southern California. I didn't know it was that long. Uh, they moved there after their royal exit, but despite their change of address, they still held on to Frogmore Cottage. I just love the name of that. I live at Frogmore Cottage. You know, it's like some whimsical little story cottage. It's the Out of Windsor Beatrix home. Potter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's it's the Windsor home they received from the late queen as a wedding gift, and they used it as their uh, British home base during their handful of return trips over the last three years. And here's the quote. We can confirm the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, 
that's Harry and uh, Megan, have been requested to vacate their residence at Frogmore Cottage, a spokesman for the couple said in a statement to Vanity Fair. According to the Sun newspaper, Prince Andrew has been offered the keys to the place. A source said this surely spells, this is a quote, it's a source, so it's it's not, you know, attributed uh, to anyone in particular. This surely spells the end of Harry and Meghan's time in the United Kingdom. That's something. You know what jumped out at me? It was a gift from the Queen. It was a gift from his grandmother. I mean, if my grandmother, Shay Shay, gave me a cut, well, what am I? She never even gave me the time of day. So, I mean, what am I talking about? But, you know, you would just think that you would be able to hold on to that. But he was, they were overruled. They, in essence, overruled the queen. That was one of the many things about this that shocked me. It was a wedding yeah. gift from the queen. Right. So you, you just took back a wedding gift. And before you go, yeah, but they renovated it. Harry and Meghan paid back the cost of those renovations. So 2.4 million. You took back their wedding gift. Are you going to mm-hmm. give them back the cost of the renovations so that that bloated, arrogant, perverted, toad-faced Prince Andrew, who thinks he's too good for a five-bedroom house on the grounds of Windsor Castle, he gets to live there in, in no, your he's not, he modernized... Well, he we, doesn't we, want it, but you understand what I'm saying. You took back their wedding gift. Are you also going to give them back their money now? This was yeah. the stupidest, pettiest. Yeah. Oh, my God, I can't. There, there, are, there are some people who are close to the royal uh, family, and they are saying that this, the op, quote is, the optics have been terrible. They, they really have. So now they have nowhere to stay if they were to come back. And that, you know, that's really ridiculous. We're not a part of that family, but come on. That is, I don't think that's a good move for the royal family to have done that. And, and uh, Meghan and Harry are having all of their uh, belongings that are in Frogmore sent to Southern California. Um, here's the problem with this. It feels petty and spiteful. It feels yeah. reactive. This is the, this was mm-hmm. a reaction to Prince Harry's mm-hmm. book, which again I have to say, unless you've read it, you really don't. You really can't go by what you're seeing in the press. Okay, you really have to read the book. Um, they can't undo this. There's no backsies now. You would think there's no backsies on a wedding gift, but apparently that's not true. There's no backsies here. Charles cannot undo this. And according to all the reports coming out in the British press, confirmed, like sources confirm, um, the only members of the royal family that are on board with this decision are Charles, Camilla, Camilla, William, and Kate. Everyone else is aghast. They would have have been so much better off if, if they were going to do this to wait for six months. Wait for six months, even if the couple comes back once or twice. Um, and then, and then do it because it does seem even more petty to do it the day after that book is released. Can I, I can say, see, I, I can see. I know the book is 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 true, and there are a lot of things that people didn't know that have been exposed. But if you are the King of England and you are the next King of England, I could see how it would tick you off. I'm looking at a picture of Frogmore Cottage, Frogmore freaking palace. Good lord, this thing's huge. I, I've never seen it in. Uh, it's, it's got a great splendor. big pond in front of it. It's a big really? white building. 
It's amazing. Hmm. They call it a cottage, but it's a five-bedroom house. I mean, it's, you know, it's a right. royal cottage. This this is a disaster. This, you know what damages the monarchy? Not Harry's book. This kind of small, petty mm-hmm. ugliness mm-hmm. is not very king-like, is it? No, no. It's I think it's a combination of all of it, everything all right. that's going on. Morons in the News is next. We got a brand new Scream movie coming. Ghostface Killer back on the streets. And this time, maybe we need to think about the world we're living in before we send Ghostface Killer onto the actual streets. Morons in the News is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Check this out. We never seem to run out. Out of my way, you morons. Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. Once again, we have to remind the stupid criminals among us, don't do a crime while you're doing a crime. Saginaw, Michigan. A Saginaw man found himself in jail after calling 911 to report he had paid a prostitute for a service she was unwilling to provide. The 34-year-old man placed the call at 7.52 in the morning, requesting police to his residence. According to the Saginaw Police Detective Sergeant Matthew Guro, the man said he paid a woman $10 and she reneged on the deal. Ten whole dollars? Ten ten whole dollars. Are you sure you've got that right? That's a lot of money. Ten whole dollars. $10. The man told police he wanted his money back. The 24-year-old woman was still present when officers arrived. There was no physical altercation between the man and the woman. However, officers said, that is solicitation and you are under arrest. And they both were taken to the pokey because of prostitution uh, charges. How could you not know? How could you not know? $10. Um, $10. That got my attention, too. I'm an exhausted working mom of two, and I'm going to give you more than $10 worth. Yeah. So I'm going to need more than $10. Yep, that's right. Look at look at me. Let me adjust my crown as I recognize my value. Good for you. Yeah, don't get too haughty now. <laughs> Not a nickel yeah. under nineteen ninety nine, Mister. Don't don't get too filled with yourself, please. <laughs> Let's go to today's moron of the day. Shout out to Sonoma County, California, one yeah. of my favorite places in the whole wide world. Multiple nine one one calls came in to the Sonoma County Police Department about a person standing on a street corner right next to Sonoma Plaza. You know where the epic giant hand statue is, Bob? Oh, yeah, right of course. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right downtown, yeah. Got somebody right there on the Sonoma Plaza dressed up as the ghost face killer from the movie Scream. Oh, no. We now live in a time where, <laughs> like, you'd love to have a sense of humor about things, but can't everything is so crazy, you can't do it. So can't people calling 911 and saying... Ghostface killer down there on the plaza. <laughs> Ghostface killer. Go get him. What if something happens? What if somebody gets hurt? So here come the police. And here's what they learned. The individual dressed up as Ghostface killer was hired by Paramount Productions to promote the new Scream movie, Scream 6, which comes out on March 10th this Are weekend. Are you kidding me? A and movie Sonoma, company did that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Sonoma has a really big history with Scream that you might not realize. 
Uh-huh. Scenes for the original Scream movie, which came out in 1996, were filmed all over Sonoma County, including uh-huh. the area where Ghostface Killer was standing, waving at people. Now, you know I what? know a little... You know what? The, the movie company was right because we're talking about this. I had no idea yeah. Scream 6 was coming out. It worked. Here is a little fun fact about Scream 6. For the first five Scream movies... Ghostface Killer, Ghostface Killer's weapon of choice was a knife. A knife, yeah. In Scream 6, Ghostface Killer has leveled up to a gun. Ooh. Oh, is that right? Oh, my. Yeah, because we need more of that. So, um, anyway, if you were in downtown Sonoma and you saw Ghostface Killer and had kind of a panicky moment, that was a stunt to promote the movie. We'll get this posted up at uh, the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Coming up, we have comedian Aaron Reed. We've got an exciting round of true crime time. Another member of the Manson, the murderous Manson family has gone into the light. Plus, why people and dogs have eyebrows. So, I mean, it's almost worth missing work today. We got so much good stuff for you. This is Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Let's say there's aliens and we have to figure out a way to explain ourselves to them. Who are we as creatures? Aliens. I have an idea. Tell me if you agree. I came across the, the nine most frequently shoplifted items from a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we just showed this list to the aliens, they would understand us. So let's what go through the list and, and tell okay. me if you agree. Yeah. All Item right. number one, meat. Well, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. meat. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, yeah. We are a species that likes to wrap our teeth around some meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two, makeup. That is the second most stolen item. Is number really? three. Yeah. Alcoholic beverages. Well, I'm looking purdy. I've had a pork chop and now it's time to get a buzz rolling. Fourth item. You know, I think it would be it would be fairly easy, I guess, to steal a bottle of wine. A, a, a bit more difficult with a case of uh, Blue Moon. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's easier to get that bottle of Merlot yeah. into your pants. Fourth yeah, item, yeah. baby formula. Yes, we uh-huh. reproduce and we care about our young. Fifth item, chocolate. That's right, the fifth most gross... <laughs> Shoplifted item at a grocery store is chocolate. Sixth item, seafood. Aliens, do you see? We like to eat things. We like to look pretty. We like to get a buzz going. We take care of our young, which brings me to the next item, over-the-counter medications. Well, after you've had all that booze, meat, and chocolate, you might need you a little Metamucil or some Tylenol. Next item, personal care. I'm talking face wash, um, sanitary yeah, yeah. Shampoo, napkins, like shampoo, personal yeah. care items. And the ninth most commonly shoplifted item is family planning products. Oh, Because after right? you've had a steak and some shrimp yeah. and a bottle of wine and you put on some makeup and fed the baby, it it's time all... to get freaky. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's, so there you go. That pretty much what do you think? sums us up. Yeah, totally sums that's us up. Ha- 
That's how we introduce ourselves to the aliens. The nine most frequently shoplifted grocery store items. This is Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's cleanorigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's cleanorigin.com, code RADIO10. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. It is time now for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Aaron Reed. I, uh, glad to be here. I, uh, I feel kind of weird doing comedy sometimes because I feel like I give off the vibe that I'm just like a <clears throat> sad a man. Just like a sad man. Mostly because the other day someone said, yes, you look like the sad man. (laughs) They said that. They said if I want to feel better, I should do yoga, but I already do yoga, okay? I do it every morning, actually. I've got one move. It's called Sad Worm in the Rain. (laughs) And that's when I lie down in the shower until I have to go to work. Very good at yoga, all right? I'm so good, my doctor tells me to stop. (laughs) I worry a lot. I worry that I'm gonna be broke forever, just all the time, you know? Like, I just don't want to be 80 and someone gives me a Chevron gift card and I'm just like, thank you so much for this. This really helps me out. A lot of people think you can't have fun if you don't have money, but that's not true. You can have a lot of fun if you don't have any money. I've thought about this a lot, and I made a little list that I want to share with you, okay? So here we go. So number one, if you don't have any money, what you can do for fun is you can take a sip of an unguarded garden hose. That's something you can do. Go to a community garden, knock over a wheelbarrow. They're like, what? You're like, bleh, you know? Something you can do. Yeah. Number two, draw a picture of what you think the devil looks like. I don't know. What's he look like? The last thing you can do if you don't have any money for fun is if you see a dog waiting outside of a cafe for its owner, you are allowed to bend down and whisper all your darkest secrets into its ears. Dogs legally have to listen to you if their owners are not around. That's how dogs work. It's true, it's why they bark, you know? They're like, stop, you, stop, oh, stop telling me your secrets, <laughs> you know? If you are walking with a lover and a dog barks at your lover, you have been cheated on, okay? That's just how that works. I don't make the rules, ask Papa God. <laughs> um, 
I think dog's a bad pet, which I know is controversial to say in this city, Vancouver, where if you could, you would elect a dog as mayor. Yeah. Not even a good dog, you know? What? That dog's bit two people? Give him a chance! Give him the top hat, give him the key, give him a chance! Aaron Reed, we'll get him posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to our free newsletter, which we never spam you. There's nothing spammy about it. It's content and contests and photos and videos and all sorts of stuff. Send it out once a month directly to you, to your email at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers merch. Just hit shop at BobandSherry.com. Somehow, the TV show Naked and Afraid has been on the Discovery Channel for 15 seasons. Bob, tell me that hmm. doesn't blow your mind a little bit. 15 it does. seasons. Yeah, it and does. And I don't... I don't watch it regularly, and here's why. Because there are two things I never want to be in this life. They are naked and afraid. Like, I don't want to be <laughs> buck naked in the woods, being bitten by bugs, being right. cold, being scratched by sticks, being rained on and snowed on. I don't want to squat huddled behind a shrub, you know, desperate for a little bit of warmth or protection from the wind, not knowing where my next meal is going to come from. There is nothing about the TV show Naked and Afraid that I look at and go, yeah, I think I could do that. How about you? Do you ever look at that and go, yeah, I'd like some of that? Oh, no, absolutely not. I was so surprised uh, 15 seasons ago when I stumbled upon it. They were doing a lot of advertising, and I went, how could that be? And, and you show up, and yes, they are naked. Now, obviously, they blur out certain uh, areas in the body or certain positions people find themselves in, but they, they still are naked, and I don't watch it all the way through. I, I don't One, say, well, oh, naked and afraid is on. So, you know, Mary, let's let's get some cocoa and watch. But if it's at a certain point where there's a lot of drama or difficulty, uh, somebody's breaking down, they cannot. The last time I saw it was about a week ago. I saw about two or three minutes of it. And the woman um, and, and very often the women are the stronger of, of the, uh, the duo. The woman had had enough. And she was she was broken, and she was just saying, "I'm done. Uh, I cannot go on and do this anymore." And you see the guy really, really bummed out because I guess, I guess to win something, you the, the two of you have to go through it, or I, well, I don't even know what the rules are. Listen, but I'm still kind of shocked by it, to be honest with you. This is how soft and citified I am. Um, last weekend. My husband said, let's go out for breakfast. And he named like this, like trendy, fancy little spot that he's allergic to. So I don't know what's gotten into the man, but I wasn't going to miss the opportunity to go to the kind of, because this is a man that only wants to eat at like a waffle house. For him to suggest mm -hmm. that we go to a place that serves artisanal farm eggs was just so out of character. I was like, absolutely, let's go. So we go and it's one of those places where they don't put salt and pepper on the table because the chef thinks that they've seasoned the food enough. It's an and insult. You need to just, right? Yeah. So there's right. no salt and pepper. So you order at the counter and, and then you, you get your little ticket and you go sit at your table. So we order and, and Kevin ordered some something he would never order. So I'm pretty sure that he's got a family in another town that he's trying to work up the courage to tell me about because who is this man? And I, I'm like, I'll have the um, scrambled egg sandwich and a large 
coffee with cream and sugar. So they call our names and I go up to get my coffee and they've put like two eyedropper fulls of cream in it. And you know me, I like a little coffee with my cream. So right. I'm like, could I please have some more cream? And they, they basically um, got, got attitude and they didn't want to give it to me. And I was never able to find a spoon. There was no spoon in the restaurant. I'm stirring my coffee with the upside down part of a fork. Total first world problems. Okay. Total first world problems. But I go back to the table and I said to Kevin, Kevin, this is intolerable. And then I started laughing because you know what's intolerable? Having your apartment block bombed by the Russians. Stirring right. your coffee with a fork is not intolerable. It's like, not. shut up, that's, you giant spoiled that, bee. But that's a good way if, to put it. Yeah. But if I'm st- if I'm finding stirring my coffee with a fork to be a problem, what business do I have being naked and afraid in the woods? Like none. <laughs> I would not survive. So I'm sitting on the couch, big giant spoiled bratty baby that I am. I'm sitting on the couch and here comes the promo for Naked and Afraid. And the guy, I don't know who the, the, the people are this season, but the guy has, he's real scrawny and he's got long blondish hair and he's got the hollow, haunted, hungry, desperate eyes of everyone who competes on Naked and Afraid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know the look. How, yeah. How they get new contestants, I don't know, because no one makes this look good. No one right. makes this look fun. So this yeah. this guy looks like what your grandpa would have referred to as a dirty hippie. Do you remember remember when your grandpa would look at teenagers and go, Well, that's a dirty hippie? So here's yep. this guy and his I don't know what his name is, but he looks like his name is probably Tyler. Mm-hmm. So he looks right at the camera with his haunted, hollow eyes, and he says to the camera, "You tell the devil I'm coming." And I'm in my living room Whoa. going, Whoa. "Excuse me, Tyler. Excuse me if that's your name. If you're not Tyler, you're definitely Caleb. Caleb slash Tyler, the cloven-hooved prince of darkness, laughs in your face. There is nothing about you that would remotely frighten the devil." The devil routinely goes up against trained exorcists. You are a cold, shivering, hungry, underweight man in the forest without any pants on. I feel like this one's going to go to Satan if you actually are challenging the devil. We you know, you know what else? Uh, you want, you know what else? The devil is not afraid of going going for a ride in your car real fast. Have you seen the Dodge Challenger ad where? Uh, of course, the Dodge Challenger is a muscle car, and they're spinning it around, and they're they're driving it out, out on a on a uh, racetrack somewhere, and the tires are screeching and smoking. And at one point, the voiceover says, "If the devil's on your shoulder, go ahead and take him for a ride." <laughs> and the, and then what the have, you seen, have, have you seen that? And then a guy does some sort of a signal with his fingers at the camera, and then the chal- the challenger just goes crazy. Or is it a challenger or a charger? I, I guess it's I, a charger. I don't know. Maybe it's all those years in Catholic school with the nuns. But I I caught on really early that don't unless you're in the Charlie Daniels band and have a fiddle. Don't be challenging the devil to anything because you will not win. The only person that has Mm -hmm. ever challenged the devil is whatever his name was in that Charlie Daniels song. Everybody else loses. And Tyler slash Caleb. His name is Johnny. Johnny. There you go. Tyler slash Caleb. You haven't eaten in weeks. The devil's down there in hell with a donut in each hand. You lose, my friend. And just slow down out there with the uh, with the charger. Gas mileage is probably next to nothing. Yeah. 
There you go, Bob. Ever the practical one. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. It is time now for Bob and Sherry's True Crime Time. And we're going to take a look at Linda Kasabian, who was the Manson family member who was the lookout. Now, we take for granted, some of us, uh, that everybody knows the Manson family murder story. But a lot of folks don't. They hear the name Charles Manson or Manson, and they kind of know, but not really. So let me give you the cliff notes, because this woman has just passed away, and it's in the uh, news once again. And that that way, the next time somebody brings up Manson, you know what they're talking about. The uh, This is from U.S. News and World Report. I doubt we would have convicted Manson without her, the prosecutor said, referring to the cult leader Charles Manson. Linda Kasabian, a Manson family cult member who testified against leader Charles Manson, died in a hospital in Tacoma, Washington. Kasabian died on January 21st. No cause was given, according to the Los Angeles Times. A death notice in the Tacoma News Tribune referred to her as Linda Chiochikos, one of the names that she used after turning star witness to help convict Manson and three of his followers for the notorious 1969 murders in Los Angeles. Kasabian worked as the lookout. She served as the lookout for the killings, masterminded by Manson, but she did not participate in the actual homicides. On the night, Manson directed his minions to slaughter pregnant actress Sharon Tate and four others at a home in Benedict Canyon. Kasabian waited in the car. On the following night, She was joined by Manson, who entered the home of a wealthy family, grocers Leo and Rosemary LaBianca, tied them up, and then he left with Kasabian before the followers fatally stabbed the couple. Kasabian, who was eventually granted immunity, said in court that Manson bound the LaBiancas and ordered his followers to stab them. Quote, I doubt we would have convicted Manson without her. Prosecutor Vincent uh, Buglia. How is his name pronounced? I know you've Bu- you've read. Bugliosi. Bugliosi uh, told uh, the Observer. She stood in the witness box for 17 or 18 days and never broke down, despite the incredible pressure she was under. Manson and his crew were condemned to death. But the sentences were modified to life in prison after California abolished the death penalty. Manson died in 2017. Uh, Kasabian, who was born, Linda Droyuan, Droyuan, was born in Maine, of all places, lived in Washington State after a stint at her mother's home in New Hampshire. Listen to this quote, and this is the end of this story. I could never accept the fact that I was not punished for my involvement. I felt then what I feel now, always and forever, that it was a waste of life, that it had no reason and no rhyme. What must it have? Oh, by the way, Manson never actually did any of the physical killings. He had these girls do it. He, he left before it happened. And by the way, he was a white supremacist. Suprematist. Oh, my gosh. The, the whole Manson thing, I, I don't think if I had another hundred years to study it that I would ever really be able to make sense of the hold that he had on those those girls who grew up to be women and then old women. 
Um, yeah. Interesting that she says that she never got over not being punished. I thought that you- was the most interesting part of this story in U.S. News and World Report. Let me read it again. I could never accept the fact that I was not punished for my involvement. To carry that for, what would it be, 55 years, something like that, probably thinking about that every day, that that must have been torture. Now, I'm not saying she didn't deserve it, but that must have been torture. You know what I wonder? If if punishment would have made any difference, like, would you ever be able to make peace with that? Would you... Would you be able to rationalize like, well, I did an evil and wrong and terrible thing and people died senselessly, but I did go to prison for a while. And so now I can move on. Like, how does, how would that work inside your head? I don't know that Max do that. Max. Well, it's interesting you say that because I I wonder um, if she, if she could take any solace in the fact that she was the prosecution witness that helped put him away and, and perhaps the others too, but she was mainly responsible for putting him away. Whether there was any part of her that said that that, that made it at least a little bit better in her own mind, but it also lets you know something. She's not, she's not a psychopath. She's not a sociopath. Right. You know, because she got caught up in that whole thing. I mean, it was a crazy time and and that's not an excuse, but it was a crazy time in Los Angeles. And boy, they felt, you know, those girls uh, were not moored. They found this guy who in some way was uh, charismatic. And uh, all of a sudden they're doing things that they had to at their core and knew was evil. I I know a lot about this because. When I was in middle school, I was reading Helter Skelter by Vincent Bugliosi. Really? <laughs> yes. Really? I was the only kid that was. I can tell the you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's gone. She is gone and, uh, and he is gone. And uh, I don't think if you've ever seen his face, especially in prison with the uh, homemade tattoo of a swastika between his eyes, just those dead eyes. And that's Watch the Gun, just the evil human being. This is Bob and Sherry. Come on down to the Bob and Sherry store with all kinds of great merchandise. Color me curious. Including the Bob and Sherry coloring book. A coloring book for exhausted adults. You know what? I'm exhausted. You exhaust me. Color your stress away. 50 fun images with lots of snarky slogans. That's correct. Order them for your friends and neighbors. Makes a great gift for mom on Mother's Day. That's music to a mother's ears. Or anytime. Or anytime. Get it today. Just hit the shop tab at bobandsherry.com Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com I was blown away when I read that the actor Jeremy Renner, who was crushed by a snowplow and broke more than 30 bones a couple mm-hmm. of months ago. Yeah, yeah. Doctors predict that he probably will recover to the point where he can do his own stunts again. Now, no kidding. This is Jeremy Renner, who is in the Avengers, who plays Hawkeye, and and clearly they cast the right guy to be one of the Avengers. His um his recovery, his physical therapy, it's it's going to be brutal. It's going to be really hard. And mm-hmm. one doctor, and and ICU doctor, who talked about this said that his PTSD. His, psycholo- his psychological injuries might be as bad as his physical injuries. 
because what he went through, I mean, he was, he's lucky to be alive. It was a brutal, brutal assault on his body. I mean, his chest was crushed. It's just, it's terrible. They said that um, he's going to be on painkillers, really strong ones, for at least the next several months. And his road to recovery is going to involve a ton of physical therapy and occupational therapy. But he's already demonstrating, he's 52, he's already demonstrating that he's got the will to get there. So I want you to think about being crushed by a snowplow, breaking 30 plus bones, Mm. and, and deciding while you're lying there, hooked up to machines with casts and everything else going... Hang on, because when I get out of here, I'm going to go back to doing my own stunts. Does that not blow you away? It does, and I guess it it also gave him hope and uh, focus to uh, to keep going despite all of the uh, problems he was encountering. Good for him. It's just an incredible story. And and the the doctor said that one thing that you can tell just by looking at the immediate photos of Jeremy Renner, you never saw him in a neck brace which means his neck and his spine are okay, which is kind of a miracle here. So the next time you watch a movie and you go, just a bunch of overpaid actors, stuntmen do all the work. That's often true, by the way. But here's one. Here's one that lives up to all the hype of being one of the Avengers. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers Merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Talk back time. If you have our app, it's free in Google Play and the Apple Store, and you can use it to listen to the show every day. You can listen to all of our podcasts, Fun Size, The Oddcast, True Weird Stuff, all of it. You can enter contests, and if you tap the little microphone in the bottom center of the screen and talk, the app will do the rest. Or... If you like to be old school, pick up the phone and call us at 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844-52-SHERRY. So um, I do a show open every day for the show, and it's various things, but I always close it off with... And now broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. And of course, the palatial is a little tongue-in-cheek. Right? (laughs) Right. Because if you look up the word palatial, it says spacious, splendid. So, no. we had this listener who called to make this admission. Hi, guys. I just have an embarrassing thing to admit. Um, whenever Max does the podcast or show episodes, he always says, Welcome to the palatial Bob and Sherry Studios. And for years, I've thought he said, 
fellatio studios. <laughs> and I didn't know until I asked my friend um, if y'all said palatial or fellatial, which I don't even know if it's a word. But anyhow, <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't you Hun, apologize. If you, you knew what we to had me. to go through with some management, yeah. uh, you're not that far <laughs> off, to be honest you, with you. You listen to me. You're not wrong, okay? You're not <laughs> wrong. I, I had somebody admit this to me and say, I get, palatial, I guess that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> it is a word. It is a word. It means, you know, you know like a palace. Some, sometimes um, we just don't realize what we're hearing or what we're saying. This doesn't tie in directly to what we're talking about here, but there's a guy named Adam, and he is the owner and chef of his own restaurant. I don't know the name of the restaurant. I just He just did this post saying, I am so stupid. And evidently, the health inspector, as they do, was coming in, and there were some problems. And the health inspector was saying, we got some real major problems here in the kitchen. And Adam said, do you realize I pour my blood, sweat, and tears into every dish? And the health inspector said, you see why this is happening? <laughs> Some, sometimes you just have to realize what it sounds like. Mm-mm-mm. I think we have another message. Yes, this is about the great chili conundrum. And I, let's just say this will probably be the final word about this. There's two mm-hmm. calls here. Hi, Bob and Sherry. This is Camelia. I wanted to call and weigh in on the great chili debate. I'm thinking that he, when he was referring to chili with no beans, he was referring to the chili that you put on hamburgers and hot dogs and things like that. That's just my thoughts. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Listen to your chili disagreement on the radio today. And I thought I'd tell you that traditional extremist chili is meat red chili peppers and spices that was the original and after that you just add what you like anyway this is brenda of tennessee here we go again (laughs) i will never here we go again it's always something you know that sounds right though i bet originally that's probably what it was basically it's hamburger meat right i will never make chili again I won't talk about chili. I'm done with chili, 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 chili. People have really been uh, up in arms about the uh, chili debate. Oh, you know what that hey. says? People, people do not want to argue about anything serious. They're so tired of what's going on in the world. They'll say, yeah, I want to kind of uh, mix it up a little bit, but not about politics and not about war, not about this or that. Let's talk about chili. You should see my DMs. I mean, I have had chili explained to me 10 different ways. My favorite was the woman who said, if you're eating chili, put some beans in it. And if you're putting on a hot dog, take the beans out. And I, and I thought, that's simple. I can remember that. Do you yeah, know yeah. I've never had, I have never had chili on a hot dog. Have you ever had you chili? You are dog? kidding I me. Haven't, I haven't either. Oh, it just seems, God, yes. It, it just seems like you're, you're, you're mocking fate. Like, uh, Lord, I'm about to eat no. me a hot dog, and even you no. don't know what's in it. And I think for funsies, I'm going to dump some stewed meat on top of it. Ha <laughs> ha. If it's if it's, it's done well, my I used idea. to take my kids out for uh, hot dogs with uh, chili on it uh, when they were little, and then we go to the YMCA and they you get to swim and everything. Um, it was a soft. Uh, it was a restaurant called Greens. A soft bun, a hot dog that was boiled. 
and then that chili on top of it, and it was a little hot. It was delicious. I would eat two uh, or three of them. Meat piled on top of a hot dog. We have a, yeah. a relative. He's 90, Uncle Louie. And Uncle mm-hmm. Lou, he is such a gentleman. Uncle Louie said to me, now, darling, he is the most Southern gentleman. He's like, now, darling, you mm-hmm. have not lived until you've had mayonnaise on a hot dog. Oh, no. Well, no, no, well Louis. Louis, no, 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 Uncle no. Louie, Uncle Louie, I guess I'm never going to live. Is. Yeah. I'm just Ooh. never going to live. I'm never going to yeah. experience that. No, I don't want any of that. Not even do Mayonnaise on a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Ah. All right, coming up. Oh, I have something so exciting for y'all. Coming up. Why people and dogs have eyebrows. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> It's almost as good, darling. It's almost good as mayonnaise on a hot dog now. It well, is. nothing is. Nothing is. <laughs> it, it's Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. I, um, I don't read anything about Vladimir Putin that isn't hard news because he's just a loathsome, despicable little man. But yep. this was one that I could not stop myself from clicking on. The headline that grabbed me was, Putin and his secret gymnast wife in their hidden palace. And I thought, wow, that's a lot. I didn't know he had a secret gymnast wife. And I didn't know that he and his secret gymnast wife had a hidden palace in the forest. And I couldn't stop myself because you have to admit that's impressive clickbait right there. So I, I clicked um, from, on from, it. Let me just ask you, from reading this article, is is that a legitimate wife or is there another wife and this is a girlfriend he's calling a wife? I think this is a mistress and she yeah. looks, she's very, very, very beautiful and she's mm-hmm. a gymnast and she's, you know, obviously like way younger than he is. And right. they do have children together, and they do, in fact, live in a secret palace in the forest. And I'll tell you what, he may have a lock on being a psychopathic, murderous dictator, hell-bent on ruining the world. And she may be a gymnast who can do a double backflip aerial, and she has really shiny hair. But between them, they have no taste at all. I have. N- this is one of the tackiest... <laughs> The tackiest things I've ever seen, their secret palace. So the secret palace, it's on the inside, it's whatever you're imagining. Go ahead and multiply that. Um, Tons and tons of chandeliers and really ridiculously elaborate drapes that look like they're about to have a meltdown from being so hysterical. And they have like a table and, and the chairs around this table. This isn't their main dining room table. But in one of the rooms, they have a, a table that looks like it's made of glass, and the chairs look like they're made of solid gold. It's it's a Bond <laughs> villain fantasy. This place, I don't. I, there's you, no other way to describe it. Are you looking at pictures it. of it, or just, are you reading a description of what people oh, have seen? Sir, I have pictures. <laughs> I no have the, and I'll, I can. We can post a link to this if you yeah, want to see it. I wonder how those now the, went out. The children are underage. Um, Mm -hmm. so the, so the Russian press has not released any photos of the children. They live together in this palace and she has her own separate palace. I guess that she goes to where, when he's not around, it's the, it is so crazy when you look, he, he divorced the official first lady and this is, I didn't know that he did. Oh, he divorced. He in 2013 he officially divorced the official first lady whose name was Ludmila, 
Um, Lucky girl. Lucky girl. Hope she got something. And, and now he's with his secret wife in their secret palace, and they have like an indoor pool. It's a Bond villain lair for sure. They have a mm-hmm. go-kart track. Um, they have a – Putin has his own heavily armored personal train that he uses to travel to his hidden palace with his secret gymnast wife. And I don't know whether she was like on the Russian gymnast team. Um, she's one of many, many mistresses that he's had. If and you're married to him, this, you better know how to do backflips. I'll you, tell you that much. You do know what ha- just happened to the doctor who delivered those love children, right? Those children? No. Yeah. No. Tell Bob. Tell Bob. He, um, somebody said, hey, do these babies exist? And he said, yes, they do. And now he no longer exists. Are you kidding? Did he died. fall out of a window? It's like a woman. The other ones? It's no, it was a, a woman? female doctor. Yeah. She died oh, suddenly oh, oh, oh. and mysteriously. That yeah. guy. What a brutal man. Wow. So so the secret palace, it's like hidden in the woods or something? Is that why it's uh, secret? Yeah. And you know what it looks like? It doesn't look like a castle, like in a fairy tale. It looks like a stately, enormous bed and breakfast in New England. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the vibe that it has. But he is – so Mac, to Max's point, he is so angry that this story has leaked he is seething and it leaked because that doctor confirmed the secret children. And that's why that doctor is gone. Is gone. Yeah. Have you ever yes. seen pictures of his Black Sea uh, over his his uh, private residence overlooking the Black Sea? I Maybe. I don't know. Is, it's, is, is it's it kind of si- nice? It's the size of Versailles. And uh, hold on to something. R- reputedly, it cost a billion dollars. To build. You know, you so, would love to say, oh, that's an exaggeration, but these people eat Frosted Flakes on solid gold chairs. So I think right, there exactly. might be something to do it. No, I, th- I think that's probably true. Can you imagine if, if you turn it into uh, a VRBO, which you have to get for a week there? Unbelievable. They say, that, and the doctor, by the way, who died suddenly, mysteriously, I think she looked like she was maybe 35 years old. So Thir- it wasn't I, a bold I want to say yeah. 39. Yeah, she wasn't very yeah. old. Um, They say, people close to Putin say, they've never seen him so furious. This, no one can take this guy out? Wasn't there a James Bond movie where Sean Connery was wearing like a sassy blue terry cloth booty shorts romper and some women tried to take him out doing cartwheels? Here we Uh, have a dictator. Those are two different movies. That's Dr. No and uh, I think Thunderball. Okay, well, here we have a dictator with an actual gymnast. She can't do like a handspring and get him in the jugular. Come on, girl. (laughs) You choke him with her legs. All right, straight ahead. That's what happened in the James Bond movie. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That guy. Straight ahead. What a soulless pig. Go ahead. The Bob and Sherry I team reports why human beings and dogs have eyebrows. You're not going to hear that anywhere else, so don't go anywhere. (laughs) It's Bob and Sherry. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I believe this. Can I believe this? So today we're going to talk about why human beings and dogs have eyebrows. And I bet you're thinking, oh, well, it's to protect our eyes. Kind of, sort of, but it's really mostly for something else. So early, early, early humans, you know, like when you see illustrations of Neanderthals and 
you know, early man. They had these really giant kind of heavy foreheads that were really pronounced, big brow mm-hmm. ridges that were super rigid. And um, the, people thought that this was about like protecting the brain, you know, making the skull really strong to protect the brain. And there's a little bit of truth to that. But eyebrows for people and dogs are not really about protecting the eyes. Um, and they're not just, you know, random leftover bits of hair that, you know, date back to an earlier time when we were a lot hairier all over. Eyebrows allow us to communicate. So when human beings, we need it, we need it eyebrows because we need it ways to non-verbally signal what we were feeling and whether or not we were friendly. So, you know, you see somebody scowling and frowning at you and their eyebrows are all bushy and drawn together. You're like, whoa, I need to put my weapons down and make a different approach, right? Or you Mm -hmm. see someone looking at you and their eyebrows are like giant and shot up and and you're like, oh, perhaps I need to check my zipper to see if it's down. Like, you know, this person is signaling surprise. Mm -hmm. Eyebrows became a way of communicating. And guess what happened? Dogs, as they began domesticating, you know, the wolf drawing closer and closer to the fire and accepting Mm -hmm. scraps from early humans and then becoming a companion and a protector of early humans. Right. The facial anatomy of dogs, the muscles, the hair, the way things grew, all began to change for one reason only, to communicate with human beings. Wow. That is awesome. (laughs) There's no other way to put it. It's awesome. When you think about the relationship that we have with dogs and how we've grown and evolved and changed together and how dogs are like, this human is constantly talking and not making any sense. What can I do to signal my feelings? Eyebrows. And if you look at various dog breeds, think about pugs and collies and German shepherds and your dog Finn. Yeah. They have expressive, they may not have pronounced eyebrows that, you know, look exactly like a human eyebrow. No. Look at all of the things the muscles around their eyes and on their face can do to communicate with you. Yeah, they really are um, much smarter and more intuitive than we sometimes think. Like my dog, Finn, um, at a certain time during the evening, he knows that I'm watching TV here and Mary's looking at TikToks or Facebook or whatever it is, and that's kind of loud. And so he surveys the situation and he goes into my closet, which is carpeted and lies down because it's quiet. He's getting away from these annoying human beings after a day of whatever it is he's doing, which for the most part is lying around. But nonetheless, he wants his peace and quiet. It it, it is amazing what they pick up on. Now, let's talk about um, let's talk about beards, which some dogs have beards. You know, some little collies have beards. A lot of breeds mm-hmm. have beards. Guess why people have beards? Take a take a wild guess. Why men have beards? Oh, there must be a, a bunch of reasons. Um, number one, um, a thousand years ago, uh, Gillette was not really uh, distributing everywhere. In, in the world. So it was easier just to grow it. I suppose to a certain degree, if you lived in a harsh climate, it would keep your face a little bit warm. 
Here's the reason that men have beards. Because when you have a heavy beard, it protects your face in combat. They did, um, they did all these experiments and they found that um, bearded men, um, when they're punched in the face or whacked in the face with a sword or whatever, um, the beard absorbs 37% minimum of that energy from that punch really? or that strike. Oh, know? I thought you were going to say of the blood, from uh, the energy from the punch. Of I the wouldn't blow, have, I yeah. wouldn't have thought that. Wow. Yeah. Now, oh. that would not be your your carefully groomed three-day stubble beard, Jeremy No, Pippen. no, no. We need a Nick Offerman Santa Claus beard <laughs> yeah. if you're going to get punched in the face a lot. So yeah. if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. The beard cushions and protects all those delicate face bones. But what it I really does. cared about was the fact that dogs were like, oh, man, if we're going to live with these people and the eating's good and also they have fire, we're going to have to do some stuff to our face to make ourselves yeah. easier to talk to. And so exactly. they have eyebrows. How cute is that? Yeah. That is right, dog lovers. Yeah. I love I'm gonna it. Post this, I'm going to post this up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Um, we are going to play the Bob and Sherry box office game coming up. And um, all the things, we're going to talk about all the things that men do not need to be insecure about. You don't need to worry about some of this stuff. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. A story popped in my feed about how Pat Sajak and Vanna White are looking at retirement from the Wheel of Fortune. Oh, is that right? This is their 40th season. Good. Together. Lord. Good for them. Yeah. Wow. So I learned a couple of things. Um, one, that Wheel of Fortune premiered in 1975, but it wasn't until it went to nighttime in 1983 with Pat and Vanna that it became the phenomenon that it is now. And Pat Sajak said, you know, we love it, but we're not, the end is near. I mean, we can't do this for another 40 seasons. That may be he would the, be he would be what seventy six years old something like that somewhere in there yeah yeah gosh yeah. It, and she just, she still is as far as I can tell um, thirty one I think she's been thirty one for these past forty years it's wild I mean it's yeah. it, they have two of the most secure greatest jobs in show business fight me on that one like no, who has true. a better job right. It's true, but they both have enough money. You know, he's been, it's the same shtick day after day. I mean, you and I have been doing this not that long, but for a long, long time. But every day, there's something different. We we hear from listeners. You and I are interested in different things. Max and Doc bring up stuff. I mean, there's always something different that keeps me amused. But that is, once he says hello to the first couple of guests, you know, it's this, it's rote. It's the same. It's looking at those letters. After 40 years, oh, if you got millions of dollars, you know, why not have a good time? Well, I mean, clearly something's working for them because they, they probably could have left financially a long time ago. And it's, it's, a, it's crazy to imagine that they've been doing it that long. Here's the thing. Folks thought Jeopardy couldn't survive without Alex. Alex, yeah. And it's doing, it's doing okay. It's doing just fine with Ken Jennings, who is... A sweet, sweet man, and I'm really happy for his success. I'm delighted to see him on Jeopardy. Wheel of Fortune drives me crazy. You would think because it's a word game that I'd be good at it and love it. I am never able to guess the Wheel of Fortune. Are you kidding? 
you you would be the one person that I would bet on. Uh-uh. Because no. I, I don't watch it very often, but I did. I think we talked about it. They had a uh, a nighttime version of it, a special, uh, about two or three weeks ago. And I was looking around, and I said, let me watch this. And Mary and I sat and watched it, and it was kind of fun. I got one it's- of them out of about four, I think. The only time I see it is there's a, a place we go for a quick dinner sometimes, and they have it on one of the TVs. The the Wheel of Fortune puzzle could be as something as cliched as an ounce of prevention. And I'm over here guessing um, a corral of penguins. Um, uh, I don't know. Like, I just can't play the game. I would never even try. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Somebody sent me a recent post, things women say men shouldn't be insecure about. If you're a guy and, you know, you're kind of worried about this, don't do it because women are saying we don't even notice it. Let's start out with coming off as a nerd. Don't worry about coming off as nerdy or brainy. Uh, Enjoy your hobbies. We actually dig someone with passion and honestly, being able to hold conversations with depth is delicious. I think that's cool. Uh, Your nose. A big nose, this woman says, I personally like that. Having muscles. My husband is way too worried about how big his biceps are. He was a really skinny kid. Our son is the same way. So I always uh, thought that he wanted to be a big, tough guy. Well, now he's got muscles, and he's constantly asking me what I think of them. You know, you don't do that, guys. (laughs) You could work out and have the muscles, but do not ask her, what do you think of this? Take a look at this. I'm flexing. I'm flexing. She does not. That's not sexy. A high voice. (laughs) My ex hated his voice. He thought it was too high. I don't even notice voice pitches. Do you notice guys with higher voices? I think I would probably only notice the extremes. Like, you know, if you talk like Barry White. Or if you talk like this. Like, if you talk like Pinocchio. Oh, I just wish I was a real boy. You know, somewhere in between. I probably wouldn't notice it at all. Because of what I do, and I'm a guy, I do notice it. I mean, it's not, you know, guy's got a high voice, he's got a high voice, and there's not a lot you can do about it. Uh, Graying hair. This person says, my 32-year-old husband is currently freaking out because he is, quote, so many gray hairs. I couldn't give two. I think it's, he's just as handsome, and I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah, I've I've had friends that went gray when they were in their uh, late 20s, early 30s. And well, I mean, look at Steve Martin. He that's the only way we've ever known him, right? I can't think of Steve Martin with dark hair, can you? No. I I've can't. never seen no, that. No, Max, picture. you? Can no, you no. see? Uh-uh. No. No. Um being tubby, excess weight. Of course, we're not talking about the, you know, a, a, a very 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 heavy person that's unhealthy. Um but big men with excess weight seem to me like big bears behind which you want to hide and maybe snuggle tightly. Uh, Small calves. Where is that coming from? We don't care that they're skinny. I I have seen guys seem to get smaller legs or calves when they get older. 
I have noticed that. And pancake booty. They get pancake yeah. booty. There's, the, but, there's just nothing you can do about it. I mean, what no, are you going to do? No, I mean, is it, like, do you really want to waste your life energy on, on worrying about your pancake booty or small I saw an ad. I saw an ad for a guy's jeans, and it was, have no, have no butt. These jeans will make it look like you do. And I'm thinking to myself, how do they do that? I mean, do you pump something up? Or, or is there an, some sort of an implant in the I, jeans? I wouldn't I like bet that. They're, no, I bet they're like those TikTok booty leggings, which I have a pair of. And apparently, I can't tell because I can't I have eyes in the back of my head. Husband likes them. Apparently, the way they're sewn, they, they mm-hmm. separate. They, they're yeah. like, there's a, yeah, there's not implants or anything in them. There's, it's just the way they're cut and sewn. Mm-hmm. That mm. gives you a little more like oomph back there. I'm wondering mm. if that's what's going on with these men. What are they called? Man booty jeans? Whatever they are. I don't know what they call them, but that's, you know, that's what they're advertised as. Um, imperfect teeth. This person, this woman says, I like healthy teeth, but years ago, I long-term dated a guy with crooked front teeth that to me made him really cute. Uh, especially when he laughed. I ended up marrying a guy with a gap in his front teeth. Again, great with a good laugh. Being short, honestly, height, if you're short, this is interesting This because I am not a tall guy. This is interesting here. If you're short and you have an attitude about it, it's the attitude that makes you unattractive, not yes. your actual height. That is so true. Yes. That is so true. I've met guys with the so-called Napoleon complex, and you can see it a mile away. And if, if I'm faced, I got in an argument once with a sales guy in radio. He busted into my studio with the light on. The, the, the mic has been keyed. And he wants to know it, why some spot didn't run or something like that. It was my fault. And we got into it. And I'm, I'm right in his face. And I threw him out of the studio. And people were stopping and looking at the argument because it was pretty animated. And I thought instantly, I know what they're thinking. Look at those two. They both have the Napoleon complex, and let's see who's going to win. And it wasn't that. It was just, you don't come into the Bobster's studios. And finally, they were not looking at you two and going, look at those two. They both have the Napoleon complex. Let's see who's going to win. They were looking at you two and going, oh, thank God. Anything to avoid going into the sales meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Nobody That's was very, very that. true. Yeah. And finally, being bald. Nobody. Women say, don't be insecure about it. There are plenty of hot men who are bald. And I think a lot of men in that situation can thank Michael Jordan. It's Bob and Sherry. True. Weird. Stuff. Owning a small business can be super tough. Sometimes you have to get creative just to make ends meet. Maybe that's why a mother-daughter funeral business got into the illegal body parts game. Gruesome. But a girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do. True. Weird. Stuff. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcasts. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Salt Life is an upscale casual clothing company that is uh, available with their stores in the the Carolinas, I think Florida, California, not everywhere, but a a lot of places. And uh, its co-founder, Michael Hutto, has just started a 12-year sentence in a Florida state prison 
for the killing of his 18-year-old girlfriend in October 2020. Hutto, who had pled guilty to manslaughter with a firearm, was sentenced uh, in, uh, in Florida. The married father of four was 54 years old when he fatally shot Laura Grace Duncan at the Hilton Singer Island Oceanfront Hotel in Riviera Beach, Florida, and fled without his wallet. His attorney did not respond to media for an interview request. Uh, Hutto was getting physical therapy in Lake City, Florida, when he met her and uh, absolutely loved her despite their age difference and the nature of their relationship. The nature of their relationship, once again, he's a married father of four and he's 54 years old. And she was 18. She was promised um, the opportunity to meet one of his partners who evidently said he could start, help her start up her own business. Again, she's 18 years old. I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's, it's pretty hard to do that. So there's, there's no, that's all I have with this story. There's, there's nothing else in the story. What I can't understand is why did he just get, um, I mean, it's a fair amount of years that he got, but it wasn't life in prison. He murdered this girl. How could he have gotten away with manslaughter when, because I, I guess because he, it wasn't premeditated. And that's, right? it's circumstances. And if he decided that he wanted to take a plea deal instead of going to trial, you're, you're going to probably get less time than if he had gone mm -hmm. to trial. Does that not seem like kind of, uh, I don't know. I was shocked. I was shocked. You were shocked by, yeah. the, by the number of years? Yeah, I thought it was... Uh, the, the whole story is so seedy. 12-year sentence. 12-year 12, 12 sentence. I know it. I know it. I know people that have gotten a DUI and have had their lives essentially ruined. Yeah. And, I, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, we all know what we're doing when we turn on the car if we've been drinking, but... A DUI, I mean, you'll be fined, your insurance, your license, you may do jail time. It seems to me that it should be more discouraged to kill people or as discouraged to kill as people. As discouraged, yeah, yeah. Right? Like we should, we should be as discouraging of murder. You know, you'll see, you'll see cases. Now, this guy got 12 years. We've seen cases where people get five years. Mm -hmm. Like what? You killed somebody. You get five years. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, come on. This whole Took salt the life, life thing is crazy. Yeah, she's she a was, child. She, she was a child. You're you're exactly right. By the way, the Salt Life Clothing Company has had nothing to do with this guy for several years. Yeah, I think he sold out. He and a partner sold out, and it's a totally different company. They just bought the. It's kind of a cool name. Actually, it has a pretty cool logo. I don't have any other clothing, but uh, you know, it's uh, one of those one of those clothing companies that's upscale, pretty pricey, and available at nice beach areas. That's that's their market. But um, how do you? I know she's eighteen. She was probably very pretty, but nonetheless, buddy, how'd you get involved with her in the first place? You're a married father of four. You're fifty-four years you old. Actually, there's a group of guys. Like that guy, John McAfee, uh, mm -hmm. that had the McAfee virus software. And Tony Shea, yeah, the yeah. guy that was involved with the beginning of, of Zappos, the shooting right. website. These guys sell out, one. they get a big bunch of money, and then they really go off the rails. 
you know you're right. They don't know what to do with themselves. They have no discipline and no structure. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's almost like money's the root of all evil or something crazy like that. (laughs) How could that be? I'm going to write that down. That's catchy. Money's the root of all evil. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Lynn's with us now. Hi, Lynn. Morning. Three big regrets in your life. What are they? Right. Um, the first one is the attire at my wedding. <laughs> Why? Uh, Why? Madonna could have been my stylist. Um, it is painful to look at my wedding photos. So you had the big hair. Oh, the biggest. <laughs> you had lace, the biggest hair. Lace everywhere. Uh-huh. Lace everywhere. Um, my bridesmaids wore black lace with black leotards under it, black lace gloves all the way up to their elbows, black lace in their big hair, um, and my wedding dress is was horrific. Wow, you really committed to the theme, didn't you? I did. The whole 80s thing. You know, the guys even had the big hair. It was Bon Jovi and Madonna. It was like one of their concerts. And Bob is showing, I think, extraordinary good taste by not doing the whole like a virgin thing with you. (laughs) That was probably the only thing that we held back on. You know what's amazing? (laughs) You know what's really amazing? Because I have some pictures of that, uh, of myself in that period with, you know, the cowboy outfit for the... uh, for the cowboy period and all that was popular for a little bit. <clears throat> right. If if you look at some pictures of people from the 1940s, they look more contemporary today than some of our pictures from the 1980s. Right. Yeah. The, we were very you know costumey I mean? in the 80s. Yeah, I know. It, it, the 80s style, it was a great period. You know, I think I enjoyed being in that time, but I think the fashion was awful. I got a picture of me with one of these bomber jackets and the tightest acid acid washed blue jeans. So it looks like up above my waist, I'm the Incredible Hulk. But then I got these little skinny legs, you know, it's just a terrible look. All right. That's number one. What's number two? Oh, gosh. I'm almost embarrassed to admit it. Oh, don't be. Go ahead. From the age of 19 to 22, I was, I guess you can use this word, the biggest on the earth. (laughs) Wow, Lynn, you caught me there. Uh, you you really sugarcoated it, Lynn. Lynn, know, Lynn flew to Vegas to meet this man from Southern California, who then yeah. drove to Massachusetts. Wow. Um, Lynn, to say I was the biggest that's something right there. I'm starting to see where all that black lace came from. I'm starting that's to see true. why Like a Virgin was where you drew the line. The last section of the whoredom was I found my husband. So that was the only good thing that came out That's of it. That's good. How many men when, before you... Well, uh, well, this is funny. I'm a list maker, so I made a list of them, and the ones I can remember were 25. In what period of time, Lynn? I, from the time, literally, I was 19. I made the decision at 19 that I was going to lose my virginity. And I actually picked the boy that I wanted. It was a boy from high school that I had turned down a date from that I is another regret in my life. So I went to his house and literally said, look, I um, kind of want to lose my virginity and I'd like it to be you. So I did. 
and from it just spiraled on from that point. Wow. Yeah, mm. I went to clubs a lot, dressed like Madonna. This is this like, is one of the biggest regrets. What would you say to young women out there who were? Uh... Um, I would tell young girls to be really careful about alcohol consumption, and that you need to really care about somebody before you. Well put said. Yourself in that and, and what's your third? Regret? What's the third one? We only have thirty seconds, Lynn. What was it number was, three? It was the very first one that this, the most popular boy in high school asked me out on a date. And because I wasn't brave enough, I didn't go. And it changed, I think, my whole period in high school. Things could have been totally different. See, that's that, that's that regret that I think is the most important mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Be brave. Bravery. Be brave, yeah. yeah. And you, But you're doing okay now, huh? Doing great. My husband and I will be married 24 years in June. Have two great kids. That's great. Congratulations to that. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. The name Martin Cooper probably doesn't mean much of anything to you, but it should because Martin Cooper invented the cell phone. He's 94 years old now. And um, he said that his biggest worry about the cell phone was whether or not it would work. And now, of course, he worries the same way all of us do is about privacy. He said that my most negative opinion about my invention is none of us have any privacy anymore because everything we do now is recorded someplace and accessible to somebody who has enough intense desire to get to it. But he said, you know what? I have a lot of hope for the future. I have a lot of hope for technology. He said between the cell phone and medical technology and the internet, we're going to conquer disease. Humanity is going to conquer disease. I think he's right. Which I think, I think is really, really encouraging. Mm -hmm. You know, when I think, when I think about some of the less useful things humanity has done with Mr. Cooper's invention, and I think we all know what kind of photos I'm talking about, you know, it's easy to be depressed, but then you think about what he said and he says yeah we've got some you know we use it too much we've lost some privacy we've made it silly but we're gonna we're gonna pull it together and i i want you to know it's all gonna be good and we're gonna conquer disease what a nice man what a nice man but don't you a little bit in the back of your head wish that this elderly man had come out and said you know i'm glad i invented the cell phone but these guys sending these are disgusting pigs coming out of an older man's <laughs> He said People he's 94. He said yeah. he's 94. He said, I use my Good phone all the him. time to check my email. And Good I, I use it, you know, we'll be having a discussion at dinner and I'll Google something. And yeah. he said, now there are a lot of things that I don't know how to do. I don't know what TikTok is. Like, I have not figured TikTok (laughs) out. Here's the guy that invented the mobile phone. Round of applause for Martin Cooper. These are the people whose names we should know. Like, it's fine that you know who Logan Paul is, but also know who Martin Cooper is. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. 
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.